return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Bible? Hope you did. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We welcome people that are also watching via either Facebook Live or YouTube or off our website and other countries. We welcome you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. So glad you can join us. Be a part of our family. Kind of look in through the window here to what we're doing today. But I just want to assure you, Jesus is with you. He, he's as close as the mention of his name. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I want to just encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you right where you're at to speak his name. Just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. I want you to encourage you to do that. When you do that, his presence is going to come. And when you surrender to him, you're going to have tremendous peace on the inside. We all, we all have to turn away from our sins or wrongdoings. But when we do that, it's like a life prayer. And oh man, his presence come. We become transformed as we follow Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, I, I just want to encourage you. No one should care more about you than you. No one should care more about you than you. You are the one, you are the one that should encourage your heart. You are the one that should uh, motivate yourself on a daily basis. And, and to uh, uh, see the life of God manifested in you. So many times people put that on others like, well, they should pray for me, or the church should do this or that. And the responsibility always in the Bible comes back to us. In Psalm 34, when we read in Psalm 34 last week, David, of course, in the cave of Adullam, where 400 guys, you know, who weren't exactly the greatest uh, congregation to have in debt and distress and discontent and bitter, they're angry, they're upset. And they come to David in the cave, and David begins to encourage them. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times and in all seasons. Now, folks, this is, this is so powerful. He says, magnify the Lord. So let me just say again, when you take a magnifying glass, a magnifying glass or microscope, and you look at something and it is enlarged, you're not changing the object, you're changing your perception of the object. Your words will magnify things in your life. So if I talk about my problems, and no one's immune from problems, if I talk about the issues that maybe are dragging on me, I'm going to magnify those, and things are going to be more discouraging. If I talk about Jesus, rather than the problem, but the, problem, but the promise, if I talk about the promises and how good Jesus is, I magnify the Lord. David is doing that here. 
He's magnifying the Lord. He was anointed of Samuel, oil poured over his head, the next king of Israel. He's anointed of God. He's running for his life in the natural, but the spiritual and the supernatural, he's a king. And so, so you and I actually, in, in New Testament language now, we are kings and priests. And so you're not a nobody, you're a somebody. You're not a loser, you're a winner, all right? You're never, you're never down here. No, with Jesus, we're up here. He's brought us up. He came down to bring us up. And so we have to understand that in Christ we have victory. So David magnified the Lord. He exalted the Lord, the King of kings, Lord of lords. He did all of those things. And as he did that, the others saw him. The next verses, I think we might have some more verses there. But they saw him. They saw what he was doing. And, and uh, they looked to him. They were enlightened. So they caught the vision the, the 400 men with him. Now, we don't know how many women were there, but they caught that vision and got the revelation and shame left. Hallelujah. Discouragement left. Doubt left and so forth. Now, it doesn't, that doesn't mean our circumstances have changed right away. But if our eyes are on Jesus, all of a sudden now we're walking in a higher plane. And he can cause us to overcome our circumstances, no matter what those circumstances are. And... and these are things that we have to just practice. You have to practice this. Like an athlete will go out day in and day out and practice the same things. Basketball player is going to take the ball. He's going to dribble. He's going to do things with the basketball. He's going to shoot and stuff. He'll practice, practice, practice the same things. Christianity, you know, if we practice the word of God, we'll begin to experience the word of God. The more you practice it, the more you experience it. All right, so it's not, just, uh, it's not just like, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, I already read that. Oh, I've done that once. No, it's not doing it once. I, I, do, I do this, God only knows how many times. <laughs> I've read the Bible cover to cover, Old and New Testament, dozens and dozens and dozens of times, just like I've eaten hamburgers or a piece of pizza I keep eating, right? So I'm eating the Word of God, got my Bible reading schedule that I've done since the early 1980s. And so as we do this, the Word of God becomes part of our lives. So what happens then? When you're in situations, you default to what you know. You're always going to default to your lowest common denominator. You're going to default to what you really believe. So if, if trouble comes and you throw up your arms and say, oh, I don't know what to do. Well, you know you don't have a lot of base there. Okay? So if you're crying out or people say, something, why God? You know you don't have a lot of base there. So it's amazing to me. I watch Christians. I watch when trouble happens and I watch what comes right out of their mouth. That's where their faith is at. It doesn't matter how long they've known the Lord. It doesn't matter how long they've gone to church. That's where their faith is at. They either got little tiny baby faith or they have something of substance. Amen. All right. So a lot of people, a lot of people can talk the talk, but really don't have it in their heart. So when it comes when the, so to speak, the chips are down, what comes out of your mouth? So David now, the chips are down. He's in a cave with a bunch of, quote, losers at that time, 400. The chips are down. What's going to come out of his mouth? I'm going to bless the Lord. And he says it all times. Now, he learned this in the field while he's tending sheep. So he's doing something before anybody ever noticed him. He's the least of all his brothers, the youngest of all his brothers, doing this, worshiping the Lord, setting up a relationship. So now when the pressure's on, that's what comes out. This heart of worship. This heart that just his eyes are on the Lord. He led the men then back into a right 
place with God. So pretty soon they said, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his fears. I like the word all there. Hallelujah. Psalm 69, and we just said this last week, but it says, we'll magnify him with thanksgiving. So what I'm talking about then, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're thanking him for the answer before we see the answer. So what, what do I need? Well, we all have needs. Now, different times in my life, the, the hottest thing in the burner was my health. Or different times, the hottest thing in the burner was our finances. So we've been, we've been where we didn't have much. It just depends on where you're at. But you start to thank him for the answers. So, so see, faith is living in the answer. Not the, so people say, well, Dave, you got a lot of problems. Oh, I know what I face, but I thank God for the answers that I'm overcoming those in Christ Jesus. We overcome, the, the, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We love not our lives unto the death, so we're dying to self, and the word of our testimony is coming out for Jesus. Amen. And it causes me then to rise higher than my circumstances. Higher than the clouds. <laughs> higher than what we face. Hallelujah. Amen? Now, you always hear these stories. Well, the sun's always shining. Well, that's a very true thing. It can be dark and gloomy like flying out of Amsterdam. It always seems dark and gloomy in Amsterdam. And so you, you take off in the rain or the just like looks like misery. And you just whoop, get above the clouds. Hey, beautiful day up here. Well, that's how it is with Jesus. Amen? The Bible says we can be seated with him in heavenly places. So we can't just parrot that. Yeah, well, I'm seated with him in heavenly places and then grumble, grumble, grumble. No, 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 you're not. I'm sorry you're in the basement. All right. So you want to be seated with him, living with him in a place in the spirit realm. Isn't that right? You can't ever look at someone and think, well, now they don't have any problems or how, why? How come I have problems? Folks, everybody, believe it or not, faces adversity. <laughs> Everybody does. Some, some people show it. Some people don't show it. But certainly, we all face that. But thank God, he's brought us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, let's go to Jude 17 now. Jude 17. Here it says, Beloved, remember the words which I spoke before the apostles of our Lord Jesus, how he told you there'll be mockers in the last time. They'll walk after their ungodly lust. These... Uh, the, the, who have separated themselves are sensual, just carnal, not having the Holy Spirit. Now, he's talking, you can say he's talking about the world, but he's also talking about people that identify with Christianity, all right? So, in the last days, there, there are mock mockers, all right? There are people walking after the flesh. There are spiritual battles everywhere, all right? Everywhere. By the way, let me just say this again. Don't don't indulge yourself in the news. All right? Indulge yourself in the presence of the Lord. Now, do I listen to the news? I, I keep myself informed. So I'll hear the news. But usually you can hear it once and you got it for the day. All right? So, so don't indulge yourself in that. Indulge yourself in the things that are going to edify you. Bring you up. All right? Not cause fear. Not cause doubt. Not cause concern. The world's going the wrong direction. Well, folks... If you read your Bible, you know the world's going to go the wrong direction, <laughs> okay? That's the last days. But if you read it in the right way, you realize, man, these are glorious times. These are great times to be alive. This is a wonderful time for the church. So if you read your Bible in the right way, you're looking at the positive 
rather than all the dark things and people go, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And let me just say this. Don't follow every little YouTube that comes your way through some social media, swallowing these bitter poison pills. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? And this is going to happen. And this is what I have to say, folks, even to pastors. And if you're a pastor watching and we have pastors coming to the pastors conference again, so forth. And some of these pastors pass around this stuff. And I'm just thinking, what are you doing? Get off your hind end if you really believe that's happening and be a soul winner. Start reaching people for Jesus. Rather than flapping out all the fear and, and all the stuff, start reaching people for Jesus if you really think that's going to happen. That's my word to leaders. Don't just be barking out, this is happening, this is happening, what are we, this is going to happen. No, get out there. If you think it's ending right now, then be a soul winner. Amen. Quit belly aching about all this stuff. Just, yeah, quit sending YouTubes. Start sending something about evangelism and Jesus and telling others the good news. Folks, spread the word. That's the, that's the thing. Many Christians are spreading poison, spreading doubts, spreading fears. This is going to happen. Folks, of course it's going to happen. If you read your Bible, that's why I'm in it. But that's also why I realize I'm going to redeem the time because the days are evil. So what does that mean? It means you want to be telling people about Jesus. Amen? You want to be telling people about Jesus, specifically Jesus Christ. That He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other life around Him. Amen? Because otherwise, what? you got all these other things going on. Okay, fine. Now what are you going to do about it? You can talk and talk and talk. What are you going to do about it? Well, the thing to do is win souls. Amen? That's all we are called to do is win souls. Win people for Jesus. Teach people to win. Amen? I mean, I mean, see, I could be on the court and people can come out and say, oh, boy, that's a talented team. Oh, look at how good they are. Look at all their talent and so forth. Well, you're psyched out before the game ever starts. Look at it all the natu- natural. Or you can say, let's go to it. Let's take it to them. Isn't that right? It's like, like my, uh, last year, my grandson was playing on a, on a, in a game. And these guys, these guys look like, you know, the, the giants, the land of the giants. The Goliaths were out there. And, they, and their team had no tall guys, my grandson's team. But they had runners. And they started they're just running circles around. He's got, you know, looking around here and there. And before you know it, they're up by 10 points. And these other guys are half angry, you know. You see, if you look at something, you can psych yourself out of the game, and that's all you think about. And that's all you talk about. They're really big. Oh, they're really tough. Oh, that's tough. It's like, it's like when they went and spied the land. They said, look at the promise we give you. The oh, but they're big. Oh, and, and they were, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. How do they know? Did they talk to them? You know, you guys look like grasshoppers to us. No, they didn't talk to them. But they made an assumption. See, they made an assumption, like, oh, they were defeated already, we, we can't do it, we can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb said, of course we can do it. He gave us the land. See, the words, of course you can do it. Let's turn this around here. I didn't plan to say any of that, I'm sorry, but that's just going to... Everyone faces, everyone faces spiritual battles. The question is, what are you going to do? Now, the next verses here, two verses, it says we pray in the Holy Ghost, right? So you build up yourselves praying in the Holy Ghost and praying, you're praying your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So you're praying in faith. 
You're praying in the spirit, which is just huge. Now, let's see. You have to build. You build yourself up by praying in the Holy Spirit. I pray in the Holy Spirit a lot of times. A lot, a lot, a lot. Okay, I'm by myself praying in the Spirit. I'm praying in the morning. I'm doing this. In the car, I'm doing it. People can see my lips moving and so forth. I'm praying. I'm praying in the spirits. But I have to do the praying. I remember, I, I felt so low before. Everybody's felt so low. So just, um, this is how I am. I, I do feel like that grasshopper. And then you start praying in the Holy Ghost and say, wait a minute. You build up yourself. You have to be built up, right? If you're going to live a life of victory, you have to be built up. Otherwise, otherwise you'll sit on the bench and never get in the game. And he wants you in the game, right? So you have to build up yourself in your faith in Christ. Now, the, the second thing is very important. You have to keep yourself in the love of God. Now, people, say, people can say, well, I just need the Lord to help me. No, he just says, I want you to do it. Keep yourself in the love of God. What does that mean? You've got to love people. Look at someone and say, you've got to love people, right? Look at someone and say, you have to love people. So the Holy Spirit will lift us up, and then we have a kind of a commandment here. Keep yourself. He didn't say, it wasn't a suggestion. Keep yourself in the love of God. So you have to stay in love toward people. Now, why is this important? Because obviously, the last days, Jesus said offenses are going to come. So they'll come from every angle. Every angle. And so you have to keep yourself, so you, so you, already, you want to walk with your shield of faith, you keep yourself in this love. Amen. Very important, because then you'll keep loving people. You want to be a lover of people because God is a lover of people. Amen? Okay, let's go to First, uh, first Samuel then. First Samuel chapter 30. Find it in your Bible a minute. First Samuel chapter 30. You get there, say amen. So this is nine years later. David, after nine years, you know, after uh, Kev Adulam, David anointed and so forth. So David's in a place. He's, he's uh, in, in the Philistine territory. And uh, they came to Ziglag where they were living. Now, they were returning back. They'd been gone for a few days. And they came back to their town here. And the Amalekites had invaded the south and and Ziglag, and they smote Ziglag, and they burned it with fire. So they went into their town. The the Amalekites raided this. They burned the town where David and his men were staying. And it says they took the women captive that were there. They didn't kill any of the women, great or small. They carried them away and went on their way. And David and his men came to the city, and it was burned with fire, and uh, their wives, their sons, their daughters were taken captives. Now, let's stop there a second. So David comes back, and he comes to a place. So now you come to his home. His home is burned. Oh, by the way, there's no homeowner's insurance. Okay, no homeowner's insurance. So his home is burned. Now his, his spouse, his wives are taken. His children are taken. His property that he had is gone. And so David now is the leader of these men. And so he comes back and he was leading them, of course. And this happens. So he's lost all this in the natural. Now, one of the key things that he lost was his prestige as far as leadership. Because he was leading these men and these men lost their house and their families 
and their property. And they're angry. Now, I like situations in the Bible that show us stuff that are extreme. Because sometimes, sometimes we have something happen to us that is more like a hangnail. You know, well, I didn't get that promotion. <laughs> I didn't get that promotion, that pay raise. You know? It's kind of like a hangnail thing. No, they, they didn't, wasn't that. No, they lost everything. Their house is burned. Their property's taken. Their family's gone. All of these things are away from them, right? Now, it says in verse 4 that the people cried. The people that were lifted, lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, think of this. So you got men weeping. That's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? <laughs> got men weeping. They lost what was precious to them. And so probably on their grounds, they're weeping. Now, listen. Sometimes what happens is you weep and so forth, and then you want to blame somebody. You want to blame somebody else, and you get angry. This is the way the world is today. Because things happen, and people are upset. They lost all these things, and then they said, you did it. You caused it. You can see this around the globe. And there are terrible things. Believe me, folks. That was a joke the other day. People said, there's people leaving the United States. Okay. There's a couple thousand people that had dual citizenship and they canceled their citizenship. Okay. But they put a big deal in the USA today. People are leaving the United States. Yeah, you bet they are. And people by the millions want to get in here. So let the 2,000 leave. Go ahead. Revoke your second citizenship and leave. But everybody else wants to get here. Why? Because it's like heaven. We didn't choose... Excuse me for some of the internationals right now. We didn't choose to be born in America. It just happened that way. So we have a lot that we have to learn. We should learn to be a steward. Because we have all these things and we have to be a steward of it. And not what, what does that mean? Don't complain. Don't complain about something that to somebody else around the world is very, very insignificant. Very insignificant. It's a hangnail deal. Oh, I get a hangnail. Don't complain. All right. They have issues beyond what you can imagine. And just this morning, I got an email again from the Middle East. Extreme situations. Things happening in Beirut right now. You knew about the blast. This is other situations. These are people on the ground that we know. Extreme situations. Violent situations. Bad situations. So you want to thank God all the time for what you have. Now, David's guys, these we, they wept until they had no more power to weep. No more tears. <laughs> tears are gone. Anger. Okay? So, David's wives are taken. All right? And then it says, David was greatly distressed. Why? Because now these men are speaking of stoning him. <laughs> Why? The attention is going to David. You can feel their fingers scratching for a big rock. And they're talking about stoning their leader. He lost his prestige. Okay, so now, now he not only lost everything, now he's facing physical death. Right? Now he's facing physical, the end of his life from his own men that are there. He hears them talking. Now he faces physical death. Now, see, the Bible gives us these examples because I believe it's really like is to encourage us, right? David's greatly distressed. I understand that point right there. That's a, 
That's it's it's the adverbs modifying the adjective. He's greatly distressed. He's distressed. He was distressed. Thought about killing him. Things don't look good, right? So what are we going to do? Here's, here's the question to us. What are we going to do when adversity comes? What are you going to do if there's a setback? Years ago, we had this thing. You say, if you experience a setback, don't take a step back because God is preparing your comeback. Now, at times, we've all had a setback. In other words, in other words, you get hit like, oh, it jostles you, all right? But don't turn and run. There's no armor on the back, okay? No armor on the back. It's all in the frontal part. In other words, we're to go forward. Remember this. Remember this when Jesus said, uh, talked about prayer and so forth. And he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And people say, we're standing against the gates of hell. You know, like the gates. Folks, the gates are not weapons. <laughs> the gates are not weapons. In other words, the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's the church is battering the ram of those gates. Yeah. Yeah. Taking the devil's territory. And those gates cannot hold back the church. That's what that's all about. It's not like the devil beat. I'm going to beat you with this gate. I'm going to beat you with that. It has nothing to do with that. It's all offensive. And Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. In other words, you will conquer if you move forth. You have to go into the land. You have to cross the Jordan River. You have to do what God asks you to do. But you will conquer if you do it. If we don't do it, if I sit still, nothing's going to happen. If I sat in my parking lot, you know, cars running, you know, I could be there at one o'clock, two o'clock. You ride back tonight. Pastor Dave, you're still here. You're getting low on gas. I said, well, the car's not moving. Put it in gear. You've got to put it in gear if you're going to go someplace. If I don't, I won't. If I don't speak the promises, I won't experience the promises. So David, see, he's in a pickle. You've got to care for yourself enough that you're going to do something. And what's David going to do? Well, he said, I've been in this situation before. <clears throat> I was in the cave of Adullam. I had the king throw his javelin twice at me and miss. But now he's got his whole army looking for me to kill me. I've been in this situation before. And so David, greatly distressed, the people, people speaking of stoning him because the soul of the people is grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But, say but. but. In the middle of the situation, David encouraged himself in the Lord as God. So what is David doing? David turns right around like before when some of his men were part of those 400, okay? He turns right around and says, I'm going to bless you, Lord. I'm going to give you praise. Hallelujah. You are my God. You are my king. I'm going to give you praise, Lord. And he started praising God. I thank you for your promises. I thank you. You'll never leave me. I thank you. You're God of more than enough. Hallelujah. So David encourages himself publicly now. Okay. Not just privately. I'm going to run to that rock over there and I'll just encourage myself and they'll maybe not find me. No, he's encouraging himself publicly. He, he remembers what happened before. He's applying Psalm 34. And folks, the results are the same. 
The results, listen to me now, the results are the same. I, I think this time he has 600 men. Anyway, the results are the same. And so these guys turn around like, oh, yeah, can't blame him. God's for us. Wasn't him, it was the Amicalites, right? See, if, if people recognize their enemy, you know, if we have the same jersey on, you know, we're Christian, we have the same jersey, we're, we're on the same team, right? Who's our adversary? We have one adversary, it's the devil. You identify your opponent. They're like, you know, we're going to stone day. Yeah, he's praising God. That's what we got to do. We got to praise God. It was the Amicalites who did this. It was the devil who did it. Amen? It was the devil who did it. Let's not blame him. He didn't do it. He was with us. So, the same result. Let's go verse 8. Then it just says that David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this troop, overtake them? God says, pursue, you'll overtake them. Without fail, recover all. So they take their troop and they pursue after the Amicalites. The gates of hell will not prevail. You can push back against the enemy. In fact, you need to push back against the enemy. The Bible says resist the devil. How do we resist the devil? By submitting to God. So every time I start praising God, I'm resisting the devil. You know, I've seen Christians sometimes, I resist the devil, I resist the devil, I resist the devil. You can do that, but it gets kind of long and tedious and hard and negative rather than just saying, I'm going to praise the law. And the devil says, I can't stand that. Can't stand that praise. He hates it when Jesus is lifted up. He hates it when we exalt the Lord. And what a way to live then. All of a sudden, the presence will come. His presence will come. And you keep, you realize, thank you, Jesus, you're with me. And through the storms of life, folks, God is with us. We have to understand that. We have to understand that. We have to understand that he's bigger than anything we face. Let me just say this. Are people going to die at certain points in their life? They are. Why? We just, we live in a fallen world. So, so unless, unless you happen to be in that category, you know, of Elijah or Enoch or whatever, otherwise you prepare to live the best you can while you can. Amen? Because we all will leave this life at some time. Everybody who Jesus healed died. Everybody who Jesus healed, all the rejoice, oh, look at that! They died someday. They died. If you realize, if you realize... And I do realize, I feel like I've had a second and third life and so forth. I, every day is precious. You know, the, uh, lots of times before, I set an alarm, but before the alarm, up, oh, 10 minutes ago, I'll get up now. You know, to get up is a blessing. To, to breathe is a blessing. Folks, some people have a hard time breathing. Breath is precious. Breath is precious. And to use your breath in praise to the Lord is precious to him. It's valuable. It's valuable. You appreciate it. So, so to live each day like it is like, wow, this is a gift. Amen. That's why Irv always said it's, the, it's a present. <laughs> it's the present. Take, take it for what it is. Appreciate today. Now, tomorrow's not here, so I, I shouldn't be, you know, concerned like worrying. You can plan, but don't worry. Right. And yesterday, I can't go back and redo yesterday. Folks, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. But not perfect, you know, so, so I can't change that, but I can go forward. I can learn from that, but I can go forward. Or another one, Irv said, learn from others because you won't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. 
So learn from somebody else, right? Be wise. So all our lives we're trying to learn how did they do it? How did they do it? read things on leadership from ministers and so forth, even others? How did, what mistakes did they make so you can walk the line that Jesus wants you to walk? Amen? So life is good. Life is, wow, it's a blessing. So David encouraged himself without fail. God is good without fail. Recover all, you can do it. So let's read a couple more verses. Psalm 103. I like some of these things, and they dovetail with the New Testament. But I'm going to bless the Lord, all my, all my soul, all that is within me. In other words, I'm going to give my, you know, I'm going to give myself to it. It's not like you know we're sitting here like, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I'm trying, I'm trying. It's like, well, you're not trying very hard. <laughs> give yourself to it. I'm going to bless the Lord and all that is within me. Give it some gusto. Sometimes you got to just shout. Get in a place where you're alone or whatever and just shout. Shout Jesus. Shout the things. Shout promises. You know, just do it. I tell you what, it kind of clears the air. All right? So so all that is within you, I'm going to bless who? I'm going to bless the name of Jesus. He loves that. There's no other name that's higher than any other name but the name of Jesus. Every other name is in subjection to that. So it says, I'm going to bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And I'm not not going to forget. I'm not. So I'm purposely remembering, oh, you're faithful. David looks back nine nine years earlier in the cave of doom. I remember you were faithful. I'm going to keep praising you, Lord. And these guys experience the same thing again. You have to remember where where you've been. Write down stuff. Boy, the Lord met me here and here and here. And he is faithful. So remember the benefit. Remember what he's done. All right. He forgives all your iniquities. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for new life. I thank God all the time. I wake up sober. I'm just thankful for the goodness of God. Amen. If you remember where you've come from, you'll give grace and mercy to somebody else in that same position. Too many churches are harsh and judgmental. You shouldn't do that. You should have done better. You've made a mistake. Who made you the judge? Who made you the judge and jury to do all? No, 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 no. Grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Thank God for grace and mercy. Forgives us all our iniquities. He heals all your diseases. I thank God all the time like that. And people can say, well, no, what about this? And think, thanking God. See, I'm not going to allow my doctrine to be based on my experiences. I want my doctrine to be based on the word of God. Amen. Because my experiences, we all have experiences. Wow, this was tough, or this, this happened, or this. Well, that's, that's, we have that. But the Word of God does, is true, amen? amen? I tell people, as long as you have breath, if you're in the hospital, you're in a coma, as long as you have breath, I'm going to be praying for your healing. Not going to be planning a funeral, I'm going to be praying for your healing. We're going to believe in God for you to raise up that something supernatural will happen. And, and that's happened. You know, I remind myself of just Betty Baldwin, the old story, Betty Maltz, and different ones. Rose up, you know, uh, Betty Baxter, that one with Oral Roberts. And just, just these stories of this miraculous, supernatural deathbed down there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So we keep standing in the Word. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. Thank you, Jesus, for your protection. Angels round about us. India, one side of the door of Decros, they tack up a sign. COVID, other side of his house. COVID, like, do not enter, do not come by. Here's Decro standing in the middle. We told him from day one, said, it shall not come nigh your dwelling, Decro. It's not coming in your house. His mama's older. 
his, he's got his siblings, he's got other people there, little tiny place, much smaller than your garage, and they're thanking God in the midst of that, and they can't leave. Police around, you're locked down, and it's been that way. You think you've had to, they've been there for five months, cannot leave. One hour to get to the corner, get some rice and vegetables and oil, and get back again. And they're praising God. Giving praise. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. I love loving kindness. <clears throat> I love mercy. I've experienced that. I want to give that away. I want to give away kindness and mercy to people. And notice verse 5. He satisfies your mouth. Say, my mouth. With good things. So he gives us good things, which is his word, of course. But he'll satisfy your mouth, which means we have to speak it. Good things to speak. And if I do that, my youth will be renewed. I remember I, I talked years ago. I was, I was at the racquetball court at SDSU and came out. And I, then I saw later someone, you know, you get a great workout in an hour and so forth. But someone later who was about my age, you know, well, I'm not going to do that. I'd have a heart attack. And I'm thinking, if you're worried about a heart attack. You better get to the doctor. Better get in shape. Better eat right. Isn't that right? If you're going to talk those things, well, you better do something about it. Or you better start talking life. Thank God my youth is renewed like the eagles. I can do stuff. That's why we went to Black Elk Peak this summer. Folks, I prayed in tongues before I went up there. I thought, I can do this. I can do this. Well, we led, for my son-in-law, we led the first 200 yards. The kids, you know, were kind of doing a few things. I said, oh, come on, we'll just take the lead. And we started taking the lead. Then we started going up, and pretty soon, kids by us. I kept saying, I can do this. I can do this. And I did it. Literally, one step at a time at times. Praying in tongues out loud. Told you that. The people thought internationals were up in the hill. I'm praying in tongues. Who's that guy? Well, what country is he from? You know? See, but you can do, you'll satisfy your mouth with good things. If If you talk, you don't want to sabotage your life. You want to bless your life. Mark eleven twenty three says talks about the mountain, but it says you speak to the mountain, right? You say, you say, you speak to your mountain. Your mountain is anything too big that seems insurmountable. And so you speak, what, what am I going to speak to it? Oh, you're a big mountain. No, don't speak that. <laughs> you're going to speak to it. God's bigger than you. I can do this. You're small in the eyes of the Lord. You start speaking promises that might be with health or finances or marriage or whatever it is. But you start speaking the promises to the problem. But who's going to speak that? You are. Jeannie can't do that for me. I have to do that for me. You know, thank God you have others that can be around. You can hear things. That's good. But you have to do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have to do it. You have to do it. It's got to come out of your mouth. Amen. Just got to, got to be that way. And while we're on the mouth, let's look at Romans 10 a second. Romans 10, it says that the word is near you, even in your mouth. So the word is close. You become a Christian. You learn, start learning the Bible. The word is close to you, right? It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. And it's a word that will bring faith, not doubt, but faith. A word that will bring a breakthrough, not a retreat. So you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So we're confessing. What are we saying? We're confessing who Jesus is. 
He's my savior. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my strong tower. He's, he's the one who anoints me. We start confessing who Jesus is. Amen. But you got to believe it. So you're training. You're training. You're training. You're training. And it becomes part of you. It becomes part of your life to, to not go by just your eyesight then, but to go by what the Bible says. Because things, things so many times, folks, eyesight is it's like it will betray you. But the Word of God will confirm things to you. So you speak that word that Jesus is alive. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made for salvation, to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. So we're doing what? We're boasting in the promises of God. We're boasting in healing. We're boasting in salvation. We're boasting in how good he is. I'm so, aren't you glad to know how good he is? I still turn on the radio. Oh, he's, yeah, he's got all things under control. and He's doing this and this and that. I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, you know. He is good, period. No bad, no darkness, no shadows in him. No shadows. He is good to all. Verse 12 just says that he's rich to all or he's good to all that call upon his name. No difference between the Jew and Greek. The same Lord over all is rich to all. Anybody, anybody, any nation, whatever nation you're listening at, listen, we're at right now. Same Bible. He's good to all. Any place in America, he's good to all. Any nationality, he's good to all. Any race, he's good to all. He's good to anybody who will call upon his name. And he didn't make this complicated. He didn't, it's not a church. It's not church doctrine or something. No, it's just the Bible. So we start believing the word of God and say, thank you, Jesus. And this goes everywhere then. Wherever you live, some of you, of course, will finish your degrees, go other places. Some of you are watching that have been here before, and we bless you. But it goes wherever you live. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Jesus is Lord. And that's in our hearts. And when he's Lord in our hearts, man, miracles happen. Miracles happen. Miracles happen in your home and in your life and your jobs. And he blesses the work of your hands. And you thank God for good health. I thank God for good health every day, for provision every day. We spoke that song, The Blessing. What a great song that is. Thank you for teaching that song, Jeannie. That's, you know, because he'll bless your family and your children and your children's children. You're thinking beyond yourself. Amen? Thinking beyond yourself to your extended family. So let's just stand for a second. Just, just, just stand for a minute. Set your Bible down. Let's lift our hands. This is a posture to live in, a posture to live in, in, in Christ. It is a victorious posture that to say our trust is in you, Lord. Our dependence is on you, Lord God. We're not weak, but we're strong. (laughs) We're not alone, but you're with us. Your presence is with us. Your angels are round about us. Your word is true. Your promises are bigger than any mountain we face. I thank you for healings and miracles. Even today, Lord, people standing, healings and miracles in people's body. That pain, whatever's causing the pain, will leave in the name of Jesus. Cancer cells leaving in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for touching eyesight today, for clear vision, not cloudy vision, but clear vision in the name of Jesus. And no eye irritation in that eye, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for great hearing, Lord. Hallelujah. And thank you, Lord, for the five senses that we can speak. We can speak the words of life, that, of eternal life, that bring life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we can speak it. 
that we can live it, that we can act on it. Hallelujah. I speak blessings over every person represented, their families, children and grandchildren, speaking blessings over them. Even today, Lord, thank you for the words that they've shared, that Holy Spirit, we water them, go again, and remind them, Jesus, of what has been shared with them. Lord, we pray their eyes would come upon you, that they would live for you and walk for with you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I thank you for touching people, Lord, supernaturally. And Lord, we thank you for these days and times. Oh, it might look dark on the one hand, but Lord, we thank you. You're the light. Hallelujah. And you're greater in us. And this light is shining, Lord. Hallelujah. And we thank you for this time to shine, Lord, for your glory and honor. To tell others about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell them why we're not afraid. Tell them why, Lord, our eyes are on you, Lord. There's victory and peace and joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for these things. Thank you for these things. Go ahead. I just want to sing, yeah, bless yeah. the Lord, oh my soul. You oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. What's that other part? You have done great things. You have done great things. You have done great things. Bless your holy name. Let's sing that again. You have done great things. 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 Bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're wonderful, Lord God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord is with you. Tell him he will never leave you. So tell him now, speak life. Speak blessings. Speak good things. Amen. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tonight. 630, Brother Roger is going to be sharing. It's going to be good. Amen. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. For all that he's doing. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.